Hey everyone, and welcome to the Offsite Podcast, where we chat all things construction, technology, and everything in between. My name's Carlos, and I spend most of my days talking to construction teams about how they deliver projects. And I'm Jason, and I build software for construction teams. So today, we're going to be talking about the resignation of the Spanish Transport Secretary, the acquisition of a company called Easy Power by Bentley, and some safety technology being tested by Ferrovial. So first up, Spanish Transport Secretary. Um, lots of news on this at the moment. Mainstream news is actually hitting things like the BBC, not just our uh, construction channels that we follow. And I guess in a nutshell, the Spanish Transport Secretary, who's also the head of the sort of rail company or the, the state-run rail company, um, has resigned after they've realised that they've spent $200 million uh, euros on dozens of trains which actually won't fit in a bunch of tunnels in i think the northern region of the country unfortunate day in the office <laughs> yeah that is a stressful day in the office um, yeah obviously a complete nightmare probably quite easily done i'd imagine first off they probably don't have great asset information and like obviously they're not going to be nowhere near things like digital twins for infrastructure that's potentially hundreds of years old so you can imagine there's this big old problem with trying to understand what's out there and 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 get that information in one place to be able to effectively design but that is a big old fuck up i i thought for sure you were going to go in and and um and like attack the this poor chap and the and the um <laughs> And and the Spanish, um, but as someone that's someone that's built a bridge deck twenty mil too wide uh, one time, my initial thought was like, "What a poor fucker." The uh, the my, I guess I kind of want to intuitively defend them because, without knowing anything about the situation, I I do like empathize with the fact that I would imagine that the you know, the way that in construction specifications are done is like, can be like a complete mess. You know, I guess it stems from, you know, you get a situation where you'll have like a performance spec that says X and a prescriptive spec that says Y and they're buried across five different documents. And they're kind of the way we do specifications in construction is just like a, is a, is a mess. And yeah. oftentimes it stems from like the, the client, I guess, not fully knowing what they want because the design's not developed so much that they, they can be prescriptive about it. Like I can think of, I can think of so many previous projects where in order to order a window, you needed to dig out requirements from four different documents, you know, one saying one thing, one saying the complete opposite. And then one having a performance specification that was totally incompatible with the two things that were in the other places. Do you think you, so, you have empathy though, because you've been through something like that? Cause from an outside of, perspective it's hundreds of millions of pounds worth of taxpayers money and yeah, I, it's a train not fitting in a tunnel it's not like a, a little design tolerance <laughs> my, my, I'm, i am making the wild assumption that there isn't somewhere in the specifications that says train shall not be bigger than x because if it <laughs> yeah. does if it does say that then uh, i take back everything that i'm saying but my guess is that there's like a combination of, you know, the train shall be big enough to fit in all the tunnels. Um, which tunnels, which ones are we, you know, like I can imagine it's a very complicated, like an easy statement. That's kind of very, very difficult to validate. Yeah. Maybe you can not, imagine but... like, 
I'd imagine in London, if you were building a bridge and you told TfL it's X meters high, they'll go, nah, no buses fitting under that. Surely there's someone somewhere that, like, yeah, someone screwed up. They've obviously, someone wanted a head and the head of the state rail company has been sacked, probably had nothing to do with this, but yeah. The opposite is easier though. Like when you're building the tunnel, it's kind of easier to go, What's what the are train? the set? Yeah, what's the biggest train or what's the biggest, <laughs> yeah. you know, bus that needs to fit under it? It's yeah. actually like kind of hard to do the opposite when you're buying it, especially if you don't have, like, again, TFL is super organized and on it, but like you could easily imagine if you or I ran the the transport network there, there would, yeah, go well. <laughs> it would be a, it'd be a different story. It'd be like, send someone to measure all the tunnels, please. Um, to work out what size we should order. Yeah. Just take your biggest train and run it across all tracks and see if it makes it. <laughs> what you should do is get your smallest train and then coat it in some sort of uh, like material and then just drive it through all the tunnels. Yeah, drive it through yeah, all no, the no, tunnels. Yeah, like a cutout. <laughs> this is your... Yeah. <laughs> Find your smallest one and then that's it. That's what you should do. It's good that we're talking about safety later because that's uh, a good solid theme. <laughs> Next time you go to Spain and you, you just see this giant white train doing laps around, oh, that's the new polystyrene train that we're doing. Uh, solid. We should have, we should patent that idea. Um, polystyrene's even it, too hard. It'd have to be even softer. So, like, I don't know, like kind of like a big marshmallow or something. It would be like those, um, you know, those kid toys where you like put your hand on and it pushes the pins out. Oh, it that one like... where you get those videos on TikTok where they're like chopping it and it's really soothing. It'd be that, whatever that is. It's some kind of like sticky sand. Chloe will know what it is. She'll look at it and put it in the notes. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a TikTok guy. No, neither <laughs> am I. <laughs> um, in terms of modern tech now, if we were 100 years into the future, would a digital twin resolve this? Because you've got it would this probably take asset. 100 years into the, yeah. You didn't go five <laughs> years into the future and 100, okay. No, no, yeah. But I mean, um, you can imagine we'll get to the point where like there'll be government-owned digital assets of entire countries or cities. That should stop things like that, right? Because it's like a giant bin model and it will just say, this doesn't work because it's going to clash here, right? That's yep. That's where we're trying to get to. 100% valid use case like that would you would imagine that would completely solve the problem yes yeah just good solution that yeah. or the giant marshmallow thing you know yeah, yeah. Out just yet yeah yeah we actually had a similar issue on crossrail i won't name the station but the station i was working on at the time um i think you've said we had this point. issue where <laughs> um, said it every episode prior but yeah <laughs> but out again if they're listening to that many it's fine the we had an issue where the alignment of the track against the platforms was off and the track was sort of laid by the design system that was managing the tunnels but the platforms were the design system of the station and there was a very slight sort of um skew which meant that the doors were going to clash with the platform and the train was sort of so they ended up having to cut back the platforms in certain areas to make sure it could actually fit. Um, I don't know if that was a system-wide thing, but um, I guess it's the opposite sort of problem, which the trains are fine, but the actual system didn't work. So, um, yeah, these things obviously do happen quite a lot. Yeah, on a, on a project I was thinking of before, we were trying to purchase Windows, and 
there was a very prescriptive uh, makeup of the windows. They were sort of 32 mil thick, five sheets of uh, glazing with um, layers in between. And they had to meet, they had a very prescriptive specification and then a performance specification on thermal performance and blast performance. And we, we spent months going in circles because you couldn't meet all three of these things. And there was no budge. Well, we want all three things. So I guess yeah. I'm imagining, I'm hoping for the sake of the the Spanish gentleman that it's a it's more of a situation like that. But I guess the um the news doesn't care. Yeah, the news is news. It's uh yeah. You can just change your name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So next up, uh, Bentley have acquired a company called Easy Power. Easy Power is a tool that allows you to produce like electrical um, schematic type drawings. I've got some experience in that from um, a previous M&E based role. And these drawings, they're like, they're proper old school. They look like a flow diagram of different systems and how they connect with each other and what that sort of is laid out like. The company is a 40 year old company which I don't think anyone's ever heard of. Um, so the, the, the headline so, is Bentley acquires middle-aged man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I read it and I thought, are they like, is their business model now so lazy that they go, oh, there's this tiny gap in our portfolio somewhere. So let's just buy a company rather than try and do something that's better, build their own, do something about it. I'm pretty sure auto can have their own version. So maybe they're trying to compete with them, but um, it seems like an odd one. Uh, for me, but I guess I'm not familiar enough with the electrical schematic drawing know, like, market to know what's going no, on here. These, I guess, uh, older or legacy, not legacy, that's too aggressive, but like older construction tech companies that purchase uh, a million different, they have a million different brands. Um, specifically, we happened to reference Bentley last week. I, yeah, it just leads to a completely disconnected, fragmented set of tools that don't talk to each other. And I, it's like, I think it's everything that's wrong with construction software and technology. But what I don't understand, I can't understand the business logic in purchasing like a piece of software like that. You know, if you are a software company or a technology provider, uh, you know, when you are building products, it takes, it takes so much effort to build the first version of something to invent the solution to the problem and to find the solution that fits and actually solves the market problem. But once someone's done that, it's so easy to copy it. So I don't understand, you know, why if you are a company that does have a core competency in building software, you don't just build a solution that yeah. is integrated with your tools, unless you're not, a, unless your core competency isn't building software, it's just buying them and selling them. Yeah, you um, you touched on there about like connecting these other apps. There was an article of Bentley that says that, like the next step is to connect it with these eight different platforms or something like that, which is crazy. But Bentley, I guess Autodesk, Oracle, they do typically purchase tools rather than build. Do you think part of it is they use resellers? They're not. They haven't got their ear to the floor in terms of customers. They're just sort of this massive organization that's just dishing out licenses for tools. Do you think they actually would struggle to build a tool? Um, because maybe they're not full of sort of construction experts, they're full of salespeople and commercial uh, honestly, people and things like that. 
I don't know because some of their tools they do invest time in, like their synchro product, they invest time in. They do like you yeah. see case studies all the time where they're um, they're making adjustments and improvements based on feedback of uh, customers. We saw a case study recently from um, I want to say it was Hinkley or another project. Um, there was another one from recently from Melbourne from the level crossing removal uh, project down there. So they 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 do, but I. You know, it's hard when you've got, I can't remember what the number was. It was like over a hundred products or something that we looked on their website. So some of them are just sitting there on the shelf for the people that still purchase them. And maybe they have a set of like, here are the ones that are the future and we're investing in those. And there's a yeah. bunch of other ones that just sit on the shelf, but they need to be investing it because if, if you look at the space, like Autodesk and Procore are not, sitting still they're moving very very quickly to build a properly connected platform yeah and you know 120 tools or whatever in different isolated spaces is just not going to cut it yeah the one um the really crazy one was um akinate's been purchased by oracle was it 1.2 billion or something like that that was a long time ago as well 10 years ago now something like that must be but um it's not like a crazy complicated product. So to spend that much money on something. Yeah, but they, they had users. They were acquiring the users and yeah. uh, into the ecosystem. The, but I, it's still kind of not connected to their other products very well. You take the other approach where uh, Autodesk purchased Plan Grid must be, I think it was 2018 or so. So that's five odd years ago. And I think they spent 800 million on that acquisition. Um, right. And it took some time and Plan Grid was standalone. And I think they still have standalone Plan Grid customers, but it's largely being integrated into the new construction cloud now in kind of a nice way um, from what I've played around with. And like, yeah. you know, that is a way easier, I think a way better proposition if I was a construction company than a collection of, you know, yeah, other platforms, other brands that aren't named, where it's just like a collection of apps that don't talk to each other. Yeah. Oh, the names on the Bentley website were nuts. It's like there was like 15 apps and all of them start with the word open. <laughs> Nobody even recognizes what Open's open is good. Open's good. It's like I, you stick the, the letter I in front of something, like the I viewer or the open viewer. If both <laughs> yeah. of those are positive. Yeah, better off sticking Mac on the end of each word. Everyone remember them. <laughs> right. Last up, uh, Ferovial. So they are testing a new safety system. Um, it's a proximity system where you stick sort of sensors or uh, little devices on your vests, helmets, plant, all sorts of things that are moving around site. And ultimately, if two of them come too close together, the sort of machine gets shut down and a siren goes off and there's like a, a light that's sort of um, a red light that's very visible. There's a lot of sort of tech in this space. So it's interesting to see Ferovial, or it's actually a subsidiary of Ferovial that have sort of built this and are deploying this um, tool, um, doing it themselves. For me, the tech seems quite simple. So it probably does make sense for a big company to just build it and install it across their sites rather than maybe pay a supplier or a, a third party a lot of money continuously each year i don't know Hard um, hardware is hardware is uh notoriously difficult um so i would my initial reaction is like it's a very complicated thing to build 
I'm very surprised that they're building something themselves. Hardware is like, why. Why is it that I guess I'm not a specialist in any way of building hardware, um, but it's like it's literally just a proximity sensor, and when two things get too close together, it pops an alarm off and flashes a light. Um, do you know how you know how we build software, Carlos? And uh, yeah. occasionally, very very occasionally, something goes wrong. And when it goes wrong, we uh, very, very uh, magically and quickly fix it. We can do that because it's software. Uh, hardware is hardware has like a whole bunch of problems. Like, yeah, the, there's a whole amount of testing that needs to be done. You have to also be thinking well into the future because if you sell or purchase a lot of sensors and then you think of another feature and these aren't compatible with this new feature, you've got a bunch of like stranded hardware assets. There's a whole bunch of additional safety considerations with a piece of hardware than it is with software. Um, reliability testing. There's a hardware is like substantively uh, harder to do. Um, are you, and in this you know, example, the consequence is high if it's wrong. So yeah, exactly. That's yeah, massive. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know who knows this space really well. We should get. We should talk to Tommy from Plinks. Obviously, they have. Uh, um, similar type thing um and i think they provide like the network as well as the sensors because you need a network for these things to run in yeah. to feed information yeah you need like um, 5g systems across site and things like that right yeah 5g well then i don't know what the yeah there's a whole thing of like battery life and then how to just charging work hardware's well hard is the summary the agrees. Um, <laughs> Like, I guess what's interesting, because you're talking to teams like every day. Yeah, like you said, it is kind of, uh, there are a few of these providers that you see around the place. Yeah. Um, do you see uh, much of it in like use on a project when you're talking to teams? I haven't seen one particular vendor or sort of service used widespread, but I come across a lot. So there's, there's obviously Plinks that we mentioned. There's a company called SiteZone. There is a company that's actually owned by JCB or one of the big plant hire companies, and they sort of have their own systems. So every site seems to have the old school reversing sort of sensors and noises for plant, yeah. not necessarily proximity to people. The people seems yeah. to be the sort of newer addition. And it's a hard one for a site to say no. It's kind of like, who do you go for? Not do you use it because it's safety it's quite obviously important so i'd imagine we're going to see one of these guys really sort of dominate the space but at the moment i just keep seeing different companies and obviously i've just mentioned three forobials a fourth now so there's no sort of common um, do you do you like actually see it like i just not to say not to i guess say it will or won't happen but i, I guess stay to play at the moment i because i uh um, I don't know. I haven't seen it myself, but do you see it in use on projects like today or do you think it's like something that's coming? Oh, uh, no, no. It's definitely on a bunch of sites that like we work with and I've been to now. Okay. So it is being used. I don't think it's trickled down to your five, 10 million pound projects, but your big public multi-billion pound projects for sure are using this. So, um, and, yeah, and I so think it's validated. Is it it, that when you say using it is like, I imagine there's like levels to the complexity. So there's like uh, interactions between people and plant, and you could imagine quite a dumb device quite easily could do that just based on proximity sensing between the yeah, two. Yeah, the, the sort of 
dumber ones are if someone walks near a piece of plant, it it, it goes off. Yeah, uh, there's nothing on the human. It's just on the plant, and it's got like a a sensor that can yeah. see if something's within two meters or whatever that is. We actually had that back on Crossrail. Yeah, I remember ago. that from. Yeah, exactly. I remember that from ages ago. Yeah. The because uh, I know that the one the couple that I've seen that uh, uh, you know the people are wearing them. They're somewhere in the helmet. Um, yeah, and they're tracking kind of a combination of there's a there's a safety aspect like proximity sensor to it but there's also like um i don't know if you have this in football but over over in australia like uh if you watch a rugby league or a rugby union match they've always got like a sensor on there uh in the in their jersey at the back that's tracking how many meters they run how many yeah, tackles uh, they make american runners yeah the well I, it, like on the pitch so there'll be like how many tackles and how many like uh right. things sensing like and getting their like game stats and i've seen some that uh, are trying to do that on people so there's like a safety element yeah. and like a productivity component to it yeah um, bam are um trying to they're sort of working in this space they're testing something called bam cam so on a few of their sites they've got <laughs> <laughs> they've got a <laughs> <laughs> they've got these cameras um, on, a, on a 5G network um, you don't want to misspell that searching in Google yeah. <laughs> um, they, uh, they've got a 5G network set up on a couple of sites and they've got these cameras that are basically picking up people and plant so it's sort of tagging them and monitoring them so they want to get to a point where they can confirm oh, this bit of excavation we had two pieces of plant and six people working for x hours and things like that but i think they're trying to sort of build in safety to that too so they can sort of monitor that and maybe have like a control room or control hub that can see sort of everything moving in real time so well, it's got to be difficult with a site that's constantly changing like line of sight is yeah you know, someone parks a machine me. someone parks yeah. in a machine in the wrong spot and all of a sudden you can't see half the half the site or <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and just the volume of cameras. Imagine a, a high-speed to a highways job. You just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you're you're in like a 10-meter channel for four kilometers. Like, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, we'll see how they go in that space. Uh, I'll see if they want to rename it. <laughs> awesome. Right. No, no, um, keep it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all we've got time for today. So as always, thank you very much for listening. The greatest technology. Yeah, thank you very much. I should have just said thank you very much. <laughs> End of. I won't. I won't. I won't say it. <laughs>